2: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team team. every 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 day. It is episode number 284 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Hope you're having a great weekend wherever you might be and wherever you are listening to the Locked On Redskins podcast. Again, episode number 284. I'm your host, Chris Russell. As always, you can follow the podcast with all sorts of other Redskins-related information, stories, links, video clips, all of that good stuff, at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter as well, at LockedOnNFLNet, at LockedOnNFLNet for all sorts of NFL team coverage league-wide from all of our local podcast hosts and experts, at LockedOnNFLNet on both Twitter and Twitter and Instagram. So on today's show, we have a bunch of different things that we're going to cover that, quite honestly, we didn't get to uh, on Thursday and that we couldn't really serve well anyway because uh, after we recorded episode number 283, actually late, late Thursday night into Friday morning and then published it early Friday morning, uh, with the game being Thursday night and with everything as a fallout of that. Um, We just didn't have the time that we normally have um, with so much going on. So I didn't want to be unfair uh, to something that happened right before Thursday's kickoff. And that was the retirement of Sonny Jurgensen. The retirement of Sonny Jurgensen from the Redskins radio broadcast booth, um, you know, kind of hit me hard. Uh, if I'm being honest with you, not only is it the end of an era uh, and not only is it a realization that we're all in some ways. You know, getting older and closer to retirement and closer to other things that you don't want to necessarily talk about. But while I expected this. It still hits you hard. it still hits you out of nowhere, uh, because. Sonny. Uh, And I got to work on the same broadcast team for five years. And now, listen, I was a small part of it. I'm not trying to say I was equal to or the same or treated in the same regard or viewed upon or anything like that. I am not trying to make this about me. But for five years, I did get to travel with Sonny Jurgensen to every road game. Uh, I did get to be in the same broadcast booth as Sonny Jurgensen, and when I wasn't in the booth because of space reasons or logistics, I was on the same broadcast, just from a different location inside the stadium, hosting parts of the pregame, the halftime. Uh, we flew together. Uh, Sonny was always in the front of the plane uh, in first-class seats, um, as well he should have been. Um because for crying out loud, he's Sonny Jergensen, and he's a Hall of Famer, and he's a Hall of Fame broadcaster, and he deserved that. Um, so while we traveled together, you know, I can't honestly say we spent a ton of time together out of the time that we were on the road together. But uh, I i have a bunch of really cool Sonny Jurgensen stories that I'd like to kind of share with you guys, and I'd love to hear... Uh, if you guys have any, you can email me, russellmania09 at gmail.com, russellmania09 at gmail.com. Or you can hashtag, thank you, Sonny. Thank you, Sonny. So hashtag, thank you, Sonny, uh, if you want to share some of those thoughts on Sonny Jergensen um, retiring from the broadcast booth. Uh, so again, email me, russellmania 9 at gmail.com as old number nine decides to hang up his headphones and his clipboard. And that's how he began his official statement, his official retirement statement. Quote, I've decided to hang up my headphones and my clipboard. It's been a great 55 years in Washington. I want to thank our Redskins fans for being so generous to me and our teams. We owe it all to you. I've had so many wonderful memories and thousands of teammates I've played with and talked about during my years in radio and television in Washington, D.C. The relationship with coaches and executives over the 50 years like Bill McPeak, Otto Graham, Edward Bennett Williams, Vince Lombardi, Jack Kent Cook, Joe Gibbs, Bobby Bethard, Bruce Allen, and Dan Snyder have been special. My special broadcast partners such as Sam Huff and Frank Herzog and later with Larry Michael, Chris Cooley, and Doc Walker on radio and the great TV talents such as Glenn Brenner and George Michael. We lived through the glory years together, the NFC East championships and five Super Bowls, all great memories. And I would be remiss if I failed to mention my good friend, Andy Ockershausen, who I had as a guest uh, on my radio show on Sunday morning with Tom Levero on Saturday morning. I should say Uh, Sonny mentioned him, who is responsible for bringing together the original broadcast team of Sonny. Sam and Frank, after 62 years in professional football, I still have my health and wonderful family with a special thanks to my beautiful wife, Margot, for letting me work the weekends for all those years. I'll always be a fan of professional football and appreciative of all that it has done for me, my family and our city. I'll leave you with these words. Uh, The statement is kind of off here. It said word uh, words. Hell to the Redskins is what Sonny Jergensen signed off Uh, By saying so, obviously, a well-written, you know, very thankful and appreciative Sonny Jurgensen. He embodied class. He was, you know, obviously a legend on the field and off the field. I don't have any memories, quite honestly, of him as a player. Uh, I know he's a Hall of Famer. I know he started and won a championship up in Philadelphia, did some great things uh, with the Philadelphia franchise. And, of course, with the Redskins, uh, you hear all the stories of him and Billy Kilmer. You guys have more of those memories than I do because, quite honestly, I was too young. Uh, I'm 45 years old, and, you know, again, Sonny stopped playing before I was born. Um, So I just don't have those memories, quite honestly. Uh, I've seen some grainy videotape and all that. I don't even have any memory because I didn't live here at the time of Frank Herzog, Sonny Jergensen, And Sam Huff. Again, I've heard little bits and pieces. My connection to the Redskins radio broadcast is, quite honestly, Larry Michael uh, and Sonny Jerkinson and Sam Huff. And then working with Chris Cooley and Doc Walker and myself and Chuck Sapienza and Jamie Street. uh, All of us, Pat Malley, that were part of the Redskins Radio Network broadcast team for five years, uh, me, for five years from 2010 through 2000. Uh, 15 uh, and those other guys longer and guys like Jamie street are still there and still doing the broadcast. I saw him in the locker room on TV on Thursday night. And of course, Larry uh, Sam retired a couple of years ago and now Sonny Jurgensen retiring at the start of the 2019 season. Again, I, I should have expected this. Um, I was kind of, you know, anticipating that this would be the last year of Sonny hasn't been doing the road games. I think the last two years, Uh, Maybe he did one, I can't remember, uh, maybe one or two, but for the most part, he has not been doing the road games. He's really, you know, kind of slowed down and kind of taken it easy, and that's totally understandable. And, you know, uh, again, uh, wish him nothing but the very best in retirement. Uh, I never got to meet Margo, but I know he had a lot of reverence uh, for his wife, Margo, as he mentioned, his beautiful wife, Margo, uh, in the statement. Uh, I will tell you this, you know, it was pretty intimidating. Uh, being on the same broadcast as Sonny Jergensen. I I mean, I hope I did a halfway decent professional job. I told this story on Saturday morning on the radio, but there are stories that I haven't told yet. So the first game that I was a part of the broadcast crew for in 2010 was Mike Shanahan's first game with with the Redskins against the Buffalo Bills. And to see my name in the same box in the media notes package that the Redskins issued with Larry Michael, Sam Huff and Sonny Jurgensen, And then Chris Russell working sidelines was pretty amazing. It was like, whoa, okay. Now you're in the big leagues. Now you're part of something really crazy because again, at that point, Sonny and Sam were still very much a part of it and still going strong. um, To see my name there was was insane, quite honestly. Even though I didn't grow up with them, even though I didn't see either one of them play, I knew, of course, of their history and their reverence and all that stuff. To be on the same broadcast, to do sideline hits, that first preseason game. I didn't do it during the regular season. Doc Walker was back from TV at the time uh, because he was doing the analyst work for TV and then sidelines for TV during the preseason uh, to be on the sidelines and to have Larry Sonny and Sam throw it down to me and I remember specifically the first home preseason game that year 2010 against the Buffalo against the Baltimore Ravens uh, I remember kind of analyzing something and um something about three wide receivers and you know I was so scared that Sonny and Sam would make fun of me and would dismiss me but they didn't Uh, They were fine. Uh, I think I talked too much. Go figure. I always do. Uh, But I remember that. Uh, I remember the first road trip we all made together uh, up to New York and actually New Jersey and walking around the hotel. And again, you'd see Sonny Jurgensen and Sam Huff and know, oh, my God, you're part of the same broadcast. You're part of the same team. I would run into Sonny at the hotel. I'd run into Sam at the hotel. Uh, You occasionally have breakfast with them, occasionally Um, have, you know, uh, a drink with them Uh, in some way, shape or form. You'd see them smoking a cigar Uh, again. You just bump into them and you just have reverence. I do have one cool story that I do want to share when we come back Uh, as we pay tribute to Sonny Jurgensen. Again, uh, not that I want to say it this way, but again, I was lucky enough to be a part of Sonny's team and Sam's team. Uh, on the Redskins Radio Network and the broadcast for five years. So in some way, I do feel like I can share some personal stories, uh, and I did get permission uh, to share one, which we'll have for you, uh, coming up next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, it is episode number 284, as we remember and pay tribute to number nine, the great Sonny Jergensen, the Hall of Famer, hanging up his microphone after so many years. Thank you, Sonny. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. We all say thank you. I'm sure, on behalf of Redskins Nation. And uh, indeed, it was a pleasure and an honor to work with you. More on that coming up next on the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 284.
1: This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients. free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: All right, so it is episode number 284. We'll finish up on Sonny Jurgensen this way. So as I mentioned, we got to travel for five years. Sonny was still doing all the road games. You know, we got to travel to San Francisco a couple of times, and Phoenix, and uh, Dallas every year, of course, and uh, New York, and Philadelphia. You know, and again, Sonny was always at the front of the plane. I was always at the back of the plane. But we stayed in the same hotel. We would have breakfast uh, generally, um, you know, together early on a Sunday morning at road games. On Sunday mornings at FedEx Field, Sonny would have breakfast with Dan Snyder in the owner's club uh, so this was more a road thing in the press box as we were waiting uh, for the broadcast. And Sonny would always have a cigar, his SJ9, and I got to smoke a couple of those. And uh, after victories, occasionally in 2010 and 11, uh, maybe in 2012, I can't remember, uh, I'd go you know, outside of our broadcast suite, which was in the owner's club, one of the owner's clubs, at FedEx Field. And, you know, Sonny would be there waiting out traffic, watching football, having a cigar uh, with Doc Walker. And occasionally I'd join them uh, and just shoot the you-know-what with Sonny Jergensen and, and Doc Walker, who's still a part of the broadcast. And, um, yeah, just very, very, very cool. But one of the great stories that I don't think anybody really can share because there was only a certain amount of us that were involved in this was – our former program director at ESPN 980 and the Redskins Radio Network, Chuck Sapienza, uh, who's one of my dear friends. Um, and I drove him crazy, by the way, when I was working for him uh, for the uh, almost five years that I was working for him. You know, He traveled with us. He was the official in-booth statistician. He was the coordinating producer. Uh, he was in charge of basically everything. Well, he was also in charge of kind of you know, paying for the hotels and dealing with all the logistics and paying for dinner and Uh, We would always go out Saturday night as a staff. Me, Chuck, uh, Jamie Street, again, our assistant engineer, Pat Malley, our engineer. um, And Larry, Sonny, and Sam would always go to like a corporate team dinner uh, for clients, usually at Morton's, uh, and have, you know, a big shindig and impress clients and all that stuff. So they never really went out with us. Uh, and, again, I, I had to get permission to use this, so uh, kudos to Chuck Sapienza uh, for allowing me to share this story. Um, what would happen is we would go out as a staff dinner, and, you know, Chuck treated us very well. You know, we were able to order, you know, if we wanted a couple of alcoholic drinks, we did. If we wanted a steak, we did. Uh, if we, you know, wanted a 30 ish $35 plate, we did. Um, It wasn't anything exorbitant or extravagant. We didn't go to the high-end, high-end places, but we always went someplace nice, someplace relatively close. Sometimes it was, you know, a recommendation. One time in Pittsburgh, it was diners, drive-ins, and dives, uh, a place that Chuck had found. You get the picture. Well, what happened is we would have dinner, and, of course, Chuck would pay for it on his corporate credit card. And in order to, I guess, basically justify how much money we were spending, you know, we would list that Sonny Jurgensen was out at dinner with us. So each and every Saturday night or occasionally, you know, a Sunday night, if it was a Monday night game or a Wednesday night, if it was a Thursday night game, Sonny Jurgensen, me, Chuck Sapienza, Jamie Street, Pat Malley, all the guys that used to do the Redskins radio broadcast, uh, start to finish. We would have dinner, in quotations, with Sonny Jergensen. Only Sonny was never there, if you smell what I'm cooking. So we had dinner with Sonny almost every road trip, but Sonny was never there. Sonny was having dinner with the corporate side of things. But Sonny having dinner with us each and every time was always a treat because we'd always, or Chuck would always, take pictures of what Sonny had for dinner and send it to send it to Sonny, and Sonny would be surprised. Oh, I had this. No, I had that. You know, and he played along. So we would always have, quote-unquote, dinner with Sonny Jergensen on the road, even though Sonny wasn't really there. But, again, he was in the hotel. He was out doing his thing. You'd bump into him. You'd say hi. You'd talk a little bit about him. One final story that I'll share Um You know, uh, about Sonny, Uh, you know, again, he was always kind to me. I I mean, I was nervous to some degree doing hits around him uh, because I'd I'd come down in the broadcast booth, especially at FedEx or on the road, and Sonny would be sitting there, and I don't know if he would be listening. I don't know if he'd be paying attention. I don't know if he'd be shaking his head thinking I was nuts. He never said anything. Um, I mean, I assume I did okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I upset him. I have no idea. Uh, But one other Quick story that I'll tell. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend 2011 in Seattle. We flew into Seattle uh, on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And Sonny would always come to Redskins Park on Friday, uh, usually around lunchtime, maybe a little bit earlier, and he'd sit on Sonny's couch, which was right outside the broadcast booth, right near the stairs at Redskins Park. Uh, So players would mill by coaches, executives, What have you. And I'd go in the building occasionally. Hey, Sonny, how you doing? Hey, Chris, you know. All that make a little small talk. I didn't really want to bother him, but occasionally I just, you know, hang out and listen and absorb and whatever. So we flew to Seattle again the day after Thanksgiving, get to Seattle Friday night at, you know, eight thirty nine o'clock Friday night. I remember having a beer or two with uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan and and, uh, Mike Shanahan uh, that Friday night. Uh, Because, again, the game wasn't until Sunday, but we flew out there early. Well, Saturday morning, I get up really early. We had to share rooms and whatever. Uh, So I get up really early Saturday morning. And, you know, again, your body's on East time. So, like, maybe 7 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock normally uh, out there. But, you know, 7 o'clock. So I go downstairs to the lobby. And the lobby's all decked out and Christmas decorations and all that at this fancy swank hotel that we stayed at. And Sam Huff comes down and Sam sits next to me and he's talking about whatever Sam is talking about. And, you know, again, Sam had started to slow down at this point. Uh, And Sam, you know, was talking about old school NFL and we're talking about London Fletcher. And I remember, you know, Sam somewhat being critical of linebackers in today's day and age and. Um, You know, we were just kind of discussing how things used to be in his era and whatever. And Sonny comes by at some point, maybe 15, 20 minutes into the conversation. (laughs) And Sonny's just like looking and he's looking at me, I guess. And he's looking at Sam and trying to get a word in edgewise. And he says, he goes, ah, Jesus. You know, I don't want to say it. Something, you know. Oh, Jesus, you know what? Sam, would just shut the hell up? And Sam looked at him like he wanted to kill him. But that's the relationship that Sonny and Sam had that, you know, of course, I didn't have with them because they were longtime friends and they were, you know, buddies and uh, they knew each other and that's how they got united in the booth. And just the look on Sam's face and how Sonny delivered it perfectly – Yeah, you know, Sam, Jesus, would you just shut up? You know, just a memory that I'll never forget. I'll never. And Sam, I think, kept talking after that. You know, he just he just kept going. Uh, So that was a fun memory uh, that I had with Sonny uh, and a good story. I hope I hope you guys were entertained by that um, from when we used to travel together. So, again, thank you, Sonny. Uh, Thank you for being kind to me. Thank you for not. Uh, totally trashing me. Thank you for not dismissing me, at least uh, that I know of. Uh, thank you to Larry Michael, who, uh, you know, of course, helped me be in the broadcast booth, uh, and Sam Huff as well, uh, who I didn't work with as long. Thank you to Chuck Zapienza and, and all, Jamie Street and Pat Malley and all, Ed Cole, all the guys that, you know, we would, you know Doc Walker, Chris Cooley, all the guys that we traveled with. Uh, thanks, of course, to the Redskins. Uh, for letting me be a part of that uh, for five seasons and getting to work with uh, Sonny Jurgensen. It was quite the pleasure and quite the thrill. Uh, And uh, it'll be a time in my life that I, quite honestly, uh, won't forget and I'll always be uh, appreciative of. All right. That is going to do it for this segment. Uh, We went on a little bit long. It is episode number 284. There's a new poll out, which we'll touch on. Uh, And as well, the Redskins wrapping up in Richmond, Virginia this weekend uh, before heading back to FedEx Field for Thursday's preseason opener and Redskins Park for the rest of training camp, the preseason and, of course, the regular season. That's all to come right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. All right, we're back here on episode number 284 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. One thing that I wanted to touch on quickly, and we'll probably get to more of it uh, in the next episode just because of time, uh, because I went a little bit long with the Sonny Jurgensen stories, uh, is there's a new survey and a new poll uh, out. This is via Pro Football Talk, and I believe from the Washington Post originally, yes, Uh, By the Washington Post, they asked 500 people who identify as Native Americans to pick from a list of words which one best described their feelings about the Redskins name. The word most picked was, quote unquote, proud following proud came, quote unquote, indifferent, annoyed, content, satisfied and disappointed. We'll have more on this poll. I just wanted to bring it out there, just wanted to throw it out there. I did post it on at Locked Redskins so you guys can read it and digest it and voice your concerns if you want to send me an email. Again, it's WrestleMania 9 at gmail.com, WrestleMania 9 at gmail Dot com This on the heels of a poll a couple of years ago, uh, which I also had a little bit of an issue with. I'll explain more on that on episode number two eighty-five. Also, there was the Trent Williams story that we didn't get get to touch on in episode two eighty-three, from JP Finley of NBC Sports Washington, who spoke to somebody close to Williams who had spoken to Williams, and according to that person. Uh, there's basically no chance that Trent Williams is coming back, and I think the Redskins at this point should recognize that and should realize that. Uh, I don't mind them waiting a little bit, um, but I think if he's not here by the end of week three of the preseason, meaning Atlanta next Thursday, uh, a week and a half or so away, if he's not back for practice when they reconvene for practice, uh, after that it is time to start thinking seriously about a trade. Um, whether they've been fielding offers or not, we you know, there's been reports that they have. They've told everybody and their mother that they're not willing to trade him, not expected to trade him. Uh, that Some of that could be posturing. Some of that could be reality. Uh, but if he's not back in, let's call it, two weeks from right here, right now, whenever you listen to this, assuming that, you know, you're not listening to it on, on August 22nd, if he's not back by, let's just call it, August 23rd, August 24th, it is time to start seriously considering uh, trading uh, uh, Trent Williams. Um, One last thing that we will wrap up with the Redskins wrapping up training camp, the training camp portion in Richmond, year seven of an eight-year deal. Their final practice on Sunday, Uh, again, depending on when you are listening, maybe it's already over uh, to the Locked on Redskins podcast. But it is very likely that there is only one year left remaining down in Richmond, and who knows if that year is even going to take place. The mayor of Richmond and everybody that I've talked to, including my pal Wes McElroy of 910, the fan in Richmond who is dialed in to not only the sports scene down there, but a lot of local politics and knows the mayor and knows officials and uh, is very involved in this and explained a lot of this on my radio show on Saturday morning. Uh, I'll try and throw the podcast up there uh, on at Locked Redskins. He is absolutely convinced that the Redskins are not coming back. After the eight-year deal expires, and he even alluded to, and I don't want to speak for him, that it's possible that the two sides could go their separate ways for next year. So it's very possible that one year left is remaining in the Redskins deal and time down in Richmond. And I guess it's slightly possible on the table that the Redskins might not even be back for year eight. We'll have to see about that, but it's been pretty clear that this deal was a good deal for the Redskins financially uh, because they get $500,000 every year to offset costs uh, they get uh, what you know they got a new practice facility uh, a new training facility they got to go away for camp which was much more important in Mike Shanahan and Bruce Allen's eyes way back in 2012 when they started thinking about and doing this and trying to build this they got a new facility they got all sorts of renovations and improvements to Redskins park that they didn't have to pay for as part of this deal. So it's been a lucrative and a rewarding deal for the Washington Redskins. Will it continue? Highly doubtful. I can't rule it out. Maybe the Redskins, you know, kowtell down. Uh, Maybe they stay there until the new stadium is built. Clearly, they're going to build a new training facility and probably be out of Redskins Park as well, depending on where the new facility is. Uh, But it looks like there is one year remaining down in Richmond and possibly an outside chance that Sunday is and was the final day. Of practice, maybe ever uh, in Richmond. Again, that 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 is not me reporting that. Uh, Wes kind of hinted at that, alluded to it, not saying he's reporting it. But it is, I guess, a possibility that if they can't strike a deal for an extension that is satisfactory to both sides, that both sides decide to end the deal after seven years. It is a possibility. Who knows? Uh, That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Another episode coming up shortly on episode 285. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Adios.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast.